A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to, and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Hello there. Welcome to episode 18 of the Holocron Chronicles. I'm sticking with that little hello there thing. I think I tried it with Chloe a couple I weeks ago, and, uh, and I think I'm going to stick with it. So uh, my name's Mark, a.k.a. The Canardian. I'm joined, as always, by my trusty co-pilot, Charlie Carden. Charlie, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Midweek, having a lot of podcasting action, wearing my official swag. It's a good Excellent. night. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you. it seems like every time we podcast, you have like two or three different shows lined up on the same day. Like there's seven days a week. Do you pick a different sh- day? Like I, 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 I would love to, but it's just things just all seem to kind of crash together. So, yeah, I've had a couple weeks in a row that I'm on three shows for our network. I'm on uh, Secret Friends Classic, as it were. I'm on this show. And then I host a show about Star Trek called Code 47. And I had a day last week where I did them all in a row. Or two weeks ago. Uh, so two weeks ago, yeah. Wild. You know what? I, I, I follow where the river leads me. What can I say? Crazy, crazy. I, it just might be I'm, I'm running on less than three hours of sleep, so it might be that talking, but that sounds exhausting. That just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to keep it. Keep it I believe it was that day, but you know what? Cheap Canadian whiskey helps a lot, so thank you for that. <laughs> it Mark. definitely does. I, I think if I had whiskey right now, I'd be snoring into the mic. Uh, but you've been hearing a couple of chuckles. We are joined by a very special guest. I'm super excited to welcome Star Wars Infinite to the show. Infinite, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. Really glad to be here. Um, just appreciate the opportunity, especially like as a new channel. So appreciate it a lot. Absolutely, man. I, I've been I've been following uh, your your stuff for a while. So I, I think you popped up pretty close, like pretty uh, close to when you launched on my Twitter because it's it's a lot yeah. of Star Wars stuff. So uh, it's great to see new people on Star Wars Twitter. Um, why don't we jump right into it? Let's let's introduce you and your channel and, uh, and a little bit of your Star Wars origin. Yeah. So yeah, I'm Star Wars Infinite. Um, so I. Uh, just started my own channel i think it was about maybe a month three three and a half weeks ago or something like that so almost a month um you can find me on twitter at sw infinite with two e's uh i also um, uh, have my own youtube at star wars infinite not on also my uh spotify podcast um but i guess like my i guess star wars origin story is um so i just became a fan this march um in 2021 so i'm very like i'm like a uh pretty much a baby yeah super newbie wow um 
Yeah, and, and since then, uh, let's. I'll just say I went on a pretty um pretty long binge of a lot of shows: Clone Wars, Mandalorian. Uh, I didn't get much sleep because that's really the only time I have time like to to watch these shows. So I would stay up all night to like two or three a.m. just binging. Um, and actually, like this March through like April was the first time I saw all nine movies, including like uh, uh, Solo and uh, Rogue One, all right, and yeah. things like that. Um, so since March, uh, I've just become obsessed with with Star Wars. Um, I have my own shirt, Clone Wars shirt here. So awesome. um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's been a journey, but um, I don't know what else to say. I just I love Star Wars and uh, so. Yeah. What did you did you randomly happen upon something of Star Wars and just start watching? Did you get Disney Plus and say, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I've been meaning to check these out for the last twenty years. Uh, maybe yeah. I should check something." Like <laughs> what? Right. What was your starting point? Did you start with yeah. the, the shows or a movie or, or how did yeah. how yeah. did this all come about? Um. So I actually started with Battlefront Two. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, I love Battlefront Two. I've yeah. watched that cuts for me because I'm not a gamer. I watched that cutscene movie maybe two or three times because yeah. it is this great two and a half hour story that I, I that I feel is very yeah. complete. So that is awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of the best games I've played. Um, but I started with that because my friend, um, he was just looking for someone else to play with, and he told me it was like I think it was like fourteen bucks on the PlayStation Store at the time. There's been yeah, some pretty, really, pretty intense sales, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And at the time, I wasn't really into Star Wars, but I was like, I'm looking for a new game to, to play, too. So I downloaded it, um, and I was playing it, and the first character I chose was Darth Maul. And um, although I was familiar with Star Wars when I grew up, um, I wasn't really familiar with the prequels, so I didn't really know who I didn't know who Maul was or how he looked like. So when I saw him in Battlefront 2, I was like, damn, this, this, this guy's really cool he looks really cool and then i remember during the game like all these characters were saying emotes and and, like uh everyone was like kind of talking to each other with these emotes and i didn't understand it at all um so i was like yeah you know maybe i should just check out star wars um so i started with the ot's and then the prequels and then yeah and then the sequels and so yeah it it, okay that's kind of like my starting point I love it. That's that's awesome. Uh, that's a good place to start. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and Palpamine said kind of a similar thing. Like his favorite thing in Star Wars is is Battlefront Two. So it's it's really curious as as longtime fans like Charlie and I have been. Like basically, I, I said a few episodes ago, I was basically born with like a Darth Vader toothbrush in my house. Like it was just it was just always there, right? So it's it's really interesting to me as a host of a video game podcast as well to see people coming into star Wars through video games. And it's something like I've always played the star Wars video games, whether it's super star Wars on the super Nintendo or uh, shadows of the empire on N64, like star Wars video games to me are like always amazing. But for that to be like your first jumping in point, that's, that's kind of awesome. I, I love yeah. those two worlds combining. So yeah. that's, uh, that's, no, really that's cool. wild. That's the first time I think I've ever heard of that. If anybody n- not having the the kind of the intimacy, as it were, with mm-hmm. Star Wars that so many of us of our generation do, um, but yeah, saying something about a video game that is that's very uncommon source. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, you've you've gotten in 
to Star Wars through this video game. You've binged all the movies, all this kind of stuff. You've watched the shows. At what point did you realize, like, I want to create content of, uh, about this stuff? Because there's, there's like, I think different levels. Most people just kind of watch something and then they kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, right now I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm rewatching Ted Lasso. I'm ready to jump into season two. I love that show, but I don't think I'm going to start a podcast or a YouTube channel about it. So what was the point for you yeah. to to be like, you know, I need to start talking about star Wars. I need to start a Twitter account that's dedicated to star Wars. Yeah. What, what was that click for you? It's a really good question. Um, So I guess the point for me was after the Clone Wars, uh, after I finished the 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 TV series, um, and immediately after that, I also I also got a book uh, called the uh, Star Wars Archives episodes four episodes four through six, Um, and it was like twenty bucks twenty bucks. So I recommend getting that um, book for any Star Wars fan. Um, But after the Clone Wars and after reading a bit of that book. I was just kind of like, this to me is one of the greatest sagas and, and uh, whatever, whether it's film and the Clone Wars being a TV show, one of the greatest pieces of media I've, I've ever witnessed. Um, not just because, you know, it's, it's really cool. You know, you have big ships. It's, it's a space opera and uh, cool light uh, sabers, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, I think I think the story of... Uh, at least, you know, something that I struggle with every day, and I think all humans struggle with every day, is, like, uh, fighting our dark sides. Um, you know, the, the, the dark side that we all have within ourselves. And I think Star Wars beautifully, you know, uh, goes over that struggle that we all have. And so for me, after watching The Clone Wars and going more into in-depth of how... Um, just how things basically collapse, especially for Anakin... Uh, turning into Darth Vader and uh, seeing the clones and their sacrifice and the last episode like killed me um, and stuff like that. Yep. It, to me, that was when I was like, man, I love this. I love this thing. I just, I want to express my thoughts on it uh, because I, I can relate with it so much. And I know a bunch of other Star Wars fans feel the same. Um, so yeah. And, and if I could add one more thing uh, in the archives book, uh, George kind of talked about why he created Star Wars. Um, and one reason was why, uh, uh, was because um, he felt like people, like they, in our society, they always argue, you know, I'm right about, you know, whether it's my religion, I'm right about my political beliefs, I'm right. You know, people kind of divide themselves up. But with Star Wars, you know, everyone can kind of relate to it and not really argue. Like we all have our good sides and our dark sides. And I think most of us do believe in a force, you know, I, whether I know there are people who, who don't believe like in anything, but I, to me personally, I think most people do believe in something out there. Um, so when they see something like the force, I think it's very relatable to a lot of people um, more so than kind of the real world stuff that we talk about, whether it's religion or politics and stuff. Right. Um, so I thought that was brilliant. And so that's why I kind of called my channel channel in Star Wars infinite because just the values and the teachings I think are forever. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love the, the origin story totally. of even your name. It's, it. it's well thought out. That's, yeah, that's right. fantastic. Totally. Uh, yeah. So let's from there, I guess, jump right in. You've been, you've been caught up 
since merch. I can't. I still can't believe like it's it, you. You dove in I, this much. I, I still got to finish Rebels though. I still got to finish Rebels. Okay. I, yeah, I'm a season right. two for that. So yeah, right, right, right. right. So you all caught up on Bad Batch. Yeah. All right, perfect. How have you been enjoying uh, Bad Batch without going into Rebels? Because there there are some stuff that ties in there that, as a Rebels fan, I'm like, oh, I know that. Yeah. Uh, have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I, so Rebels, I'm only like midway through season two. Um, okay. Although I know many spoilers, like uh, Twilight of the Apprentice and some of the duels that we'll see in the future, but right. I'm still only in the middle of season two. Um, and I, I'm still enjoying it. Like I, I've already come across like Gregor and Wolf again in, in Rebels and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some parts where I, like, oh, what's what? But um, a lot of stuff does also relate to like the Clone Wars. Um, so okay. for me, it hasn't been too like uh, too burdensome or difficult. Um, it's not like where I don't need to watch it. You know, I need gotta finish the other shows. So it's it's been great so far. Excellent. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start recapping. We've got episode thirteen, uh, infested. Charlie, you want to yes, start a little absolutely. recap of this episode? So this jumps back in. The gang is coming off of you know the, the two part saga uh, on Ryloth with a young Hera, and, you know, and Sham Sandula, her fan, you know, the, the family that ties right back into Rebels, which obviously uh, you're right in the middle of my infinite friend. Uh, and uh, you know they're getting back home and they're finding out that Sid Rhea Perlman uh, has been disposed from her spot by a uh, another local near do well who has ties to the famous uh, Pike Syndicate, which we've seen in other. Uh, portions of Star Wars. Uh, what's involved here is that they, um, you know, they're uh, ha- they're going to have to steal some spice to in order to find a way to get Sid back in uh, in good graces. And to be perfectly honest with you, this episode for me dwindles really quickly into filler territory. This really uh, felt like a bridge uh, to to fill something up until we got uh, into what I think in episode fourteen is a fairly significant story for. Uh, for the run. So, yeah, I didn't, you know, I'll tell you what, I didn't grab a whole lot out of this, you know. Um, it was, you know, it was a little micro heist story. Didn't really feel like the stakes were super high. Um, so it was not, I would not say it was one of my favorites so far. That's my take. Yep. Infinite, what did you think? Um, I, I pretty much agree. Um, for me, it wasn't, I don't like to, well, I, you know, I don't like to use the word filler too much, but to me, it did seem like filler. Um, it is cool that they brought up the Pike syndicates, uh, at least for me, like whenever I think about the crime syndicates, I think of Maul, um, and you know what he did with the Crimson Dawn and stuff like that. So I wonder, you know, if they'll plug him back in somehow. And that's why they brought them, uh, brought, brought the Pikes into the episode. Um, but who knows, you know, I don't know if that would be this season and, or if that would be season two, but, um, it, it was, kind of a I, I will say boring episode for me um like you said I, it was kind of there on filler but um yeah i mean they, they always have these episodes for a reason you know even if we think that it's a filler there's there's something to it you know so uh, i'm just not seeing it though right now that's exactly how i felt is and and i think dave filoni just uh, last week or the week before just came out with a quote of uh, I hate the word filler. Pretty much exactly what you said. You know, there's always something 
in one of these episodes that ties to something later. And when you're watching it, you can't see the big picture. So you just have to remember. And then later on, you're going to be like, oh, that's how that ties in. So whether it's been something like we've talked about where this stuff maybe ties into the Mandalorian or the book of Boba Fett, or it ties into season two of Bad Batch or whatever it is, it could even tie into a few episodes from now that I, I have faith that this is going somewhere, but I, I don't quite know where it is going. And it was just kind of one of those episodes where you're like, oh, I hope this stuff pays off because right now it's just kind of, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't want to say filler, but it felt fillery uh, without right. without that larger context. So uh, hey, we'll, we'll see how this pays off later. But Charlie, you mentioned the next episode was a lot better. Why don't you go yeah. break down to that one? Absolutely. So episode 14 is called War Mantle. Uh, and you're starting to get a little deeper dive into what is uh, is happening in the greater galaxy as a whole outside of, you know, our little five pack plus a kid running around is that the empire start to trans starting to transition away from uh, the clones. Uh, from the Camino and kind of their production of the clones and, and how that all fa factors in uh, because our gang uh, gets a, uh, a call from Rex uh, noting that a uh, friend of his uh, CC 5576 Gregor, which ties again, right back to rebels. Uh, and it's funny. I know rebels. I, I know Gregor more as a character from rebels than I do from the clone wars. It's like, I can't even necessarily place a storyline within the clone wars that I can think of Gregor being a part of, but that, 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 that's not important. Um, but at any rate, uh, Gregor is uh, what was attempting to break out of an Imperial training facility and he failed. He was obviously able to uh, get uh, some, you know, get a call out. Uh, he is at a facility called War Mantle, which I didn't it sounded familiar, but I didn't peg it uh, until it says right here in this article. That is a code name mentioned in Rogue One when Jin is going through the different coded products, uh, projects, trying to find uh, uh, was it? Oh my God, what the, hell, what the hell was her name? Stardust? Stardust was the name mm -hmm. of the Death Star plans that they, they finally turned up. So, um, yeah, so basically he's stuck uh, at this facility. He needs to be rescued. Uh, and so Rex sends them in to do uh, exactly that. So they do, uh, of course, get him out. Uh, but in doing so, obviously, they discover that the Empire is tilting more towards a human, uh, basically, military force. So you're seeing uh, the overall look of everything tilting more towards a star stormtrooper-ish kind of look as uh, as opposed to from a clone look but really the same you know it's different but really kind of the same but still you're getting a little bit more vibe that things are tilted in that direction so again you know it's the same thing you know and this says it right here the structure feels redundant the squad encounters a problem hunter is reluctant to get involved but omega convinces him the squad goes an adventure omega saves one of them uh, and then so on and so forth. But at the end of this, we we at the very least uh, get a little bit of excitement uh, in a cliffhanger where a hunter is not able to escape. He's captured. And then you see, and I just rewatched this again this afternoon. Uh, he is uh, then confronted by Crosshairs. Crosshair, who is, of course, the member of their band who did not defect and go out on their own at the beginning of the series. Um, so you're dealing kind of with that. And you're also dealing with it back on Camino. Uh, the Empire is starting to kind of squeeze down on the operation and shut it down altogether. Uh, so things are going through uh, some serious transition time. Mm -hmm. So again, it felt good, particularly after an episode that just didn't really inspire much interest. 
uh, to get something that really moves uh, the plot forward. And again, we are down to the last, I'm going to say either two or four episodes. I think we have a 16 16 round. So this is four two left. Yeah. So in our next episode, we'll be, we'll be breaking down uh, the season season slash series finale. Don't really know if the show is going to be ongoing. Um, But, you know, as we've talked about in the past, I feel like uh, to keep drilling this down is probably not something that's going to happen. Um, but I, I hadn't heard any differently. So I, I would expect by the time we get to the final episode, we will know one way or the other if it's going to be ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinite, what did you think of this one? Yeah, um, I thought it was a really good like bounce back episode um, from the last one. I, I think for me, I was really happy that they kind of brought back the Kaminoans back into the fold because the past few episodes before, I was kind of questioning, well, what's going on with them? Because... I know they were uh, they talked about earlier on this season to bring up like the new phase of clone troopers or something like that. So I just had a bunch of questions about you know what's going on with them. Um, and one thing that I saw on Twitter actually I forgot who said it. So if you're out there and you're watching this, you know credit yourself. Um, uh, they said that Nala say and Doctor Pershing's from the Mandalorian. They're like mm-hmm. really they're mm-hmm. very similar. And that they, they like really care about their I mean creations, you know, Dr. Pershing with Grogu and Nala Say with, with the clones. Because in this episode she was trying to um if I uh remember correctly, trying to get them away from Camino, trying to get them out, something mm-hmm. I think. Um so they care about their creations a lot and, and um I guess maybe the Empire wants to use Nala Say for more of their cloning like stuff afterwards um and it seems like llama sue is kind of toast from the end end of the episode uh it seems like that but um i thought that was really cool just to see what was going on with the kaminoans and uh that parallel between pershings and um now say it was really cool to see Mm -hmm. um and yeah and i'm curious to see what crosshair will do with hunter in, in the next episodes uh especially in the series finale because i don't is he i don't know is he still affected like by his chip or is he just re- kind of going on his own yeah I don't... And that that, do, that does make me wonder if if the chip was like kill all the jedi and then if that mission was essentially established as uh, you know accomplished is it then like well everyone who promotes disorder is also our enemy so mm-hmm. was that the you know is it, the question is is that the overall is already 66 not just kill all the jedi but is, is it eliminate all resistance good soldiers to, follow orders good soldiers follow orders so exactly yeah. what exactly does that boil down to so yeah. yeah yeah that's a good question because again the jedi have you know after that first episode and we saw uh master uh dipo balaba yeah. dispatch we saw the young kanan jarris mm-hmm. escape and then we haven't really had any other touches of the jedi so yeah so the yeah. overall crux of um of order 66 is whatever orders are issued that's what they're going to follow and so if their orders are to then as we saw in a few episodes going back here uh to you know to crush resistance uh that's you know and like saw Guerrero's partisans that that came up in an early episode of this mm-hmm. um you know and and crosshairs wanted to follow through and some of the newer uh human recruit stormtroopers didn't think that it was a worthwhile mission but crosshairs is really a diehard so yeah how is he going to transition that into um revisiting that justice uh, again onto his former cohort so we will find out about that obviously 
at the end of this week when that airs, and then you know we'll be back in two yeah. weeks to talk about wrapping up the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought this uh, this episode finally felt like there was going to be some stakes. Now we didn't get anything incredibly severe. I, I kind of honestly thought that someone was going to die in this episode. Like you said, we have two more left and we haven't seen most of these characters, really any of these characters show up later. Uh, we've, we've run into people that we've seen in rebels and, and being able to tie this story in, but aside, uh, you know, uh, like for the bad batch, the core bad batch, I really think that we we might see them in the book of Boba Fett. Like I said before, I'm hoping that there's a live action uh, Omega shows up in that show. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm expecting maybe one of the bad batch to be still with her at that point. And if that. Uh, you know, so I, I really thought Hunter was going to die or someone was going to die during this, this crazy mission and, uh, not seeing that yet, but it, it feels like the stakes are a bit heavier at the end of this episode. So I kind of like where they're going with it. And, uh, and infinite, like you said, the tying in the stuff with the clones, you're starting to see that bigger picture of it tying into the Mandalorian with the cloning stuff, tying into, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, StarWars.com just released this inside intel bit of Palpatine's contingency plan this week. So that was a really interesting read. And they talked about cloning in that. And they talked about how his his consciousness was, was transported to Exegol and the clone that they had couldn't handle how powerful he was after you know he's thrown into the reactor and everything uh so in, in return of the jedi and how they had other clones and how snoke was created and how ray's father was created and all this kind of stuff and there was no clone or host powerful enough until ray it gets into all of this stuff that they've been either hinting at or, or whatever they even made fun of themselves uh in it where where they say I think they, they started off uh, Poe Dameron might not have understood how Palpatine returned and was understandably exasperated at the news. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, they, right. you know, they, they're, they're kind of poking fun at the delivery of that line. Like somehow yeah. Palpatine's return. I don't know. What are you, I don't what know. Are you yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I've, yeah, I've got, I've got this article up right here. And again, it touches very heavily on, uh, battlefront two, which, you know, mm-hmm. which was that, that yeah. great story. So yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, really, really great article. But uh, you're starting to see, again, all of this stuff tie into the broader Star Wars universe uh, with with cloning and with the the rebels and, and the the transition from clone troopers to military and how that happened. And that, that's been a really interesting development because we know by episode four, most of the clones are gone out of the army. There's still some around, right. but they're intermingled between stormtroopers and yeah. uh, to me been interesting to see this whole time how much the chips are affecting different clones mm-hmm. how how strong some of them are just instant good soldiers follow orders others fight it others it doesn't affect at all and it's it's so interesting for me just to see that so uh they, they they've got some a lot of wrapping up to do if we're not getting a season two so you have to almost yeah, imagine right. that maybe there's going to be a season two but if yeah, if this is the end, there's a lot of stuff to tie up in the next two episodes. So I'm going to be very right. curious to see. Oh, I totally agree. And hopefully, if not, you know, if this uh, as a as a as a focus 
doesn't go forward if you simply create perhaps different avenues that different characters can travel then like you said they can transition into other projects again further reinforcing the little bit more of a cohesive storytelling so mm-hmm. yeah I, I i look forward to seeing that as well most of absolutely oh sorry i was just gonna add one more thing um i was just gonna say i feel i feel like if there's not like you said if, if there's not a season two there's there would be a bunch of things to wrap up in the last two episodes um and to me i don't know if you guys watched uh game of thrones all, all eight seasons but uh you know they they rushed the the last season at least in my opinion right um True. And, and i feel like if if they really are just gonna stick with just the one season I feel like they're gonna have to rush the, these two last two episodes, and like you said, pack a, like a lot of stuff in there. And I'm just not sure if that's uh, the best way to do it. But you know, it, you got you got to trust whatever Filoni and the yeah. rest of the team does, right? But yeah, it, yeah. you're almost expecting like they they finish this season and it's it's somehow all the Bad Batch died. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, right, right. Like, very Loki esque, like yeah. yes, oh very sad. Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, and yeah, yeah. On. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned something at the start of the show that that play, you, you know, you said you, the first person you played was Darth Maul. We've we've mentioned you mentioned going to that dark side. Uh, at being relatable as a struggle against the dark side and that kind of stuff. So moving away from the Bad Batch, the last thing I want to just touch on a little bit today is something we haven't talked about on this show. We've talked a ton about Jedi. We talked a ton about lightsabers and the galaxy and where we want the movies to go, but we've never talked about how badass the villains are <laughs> in Star Wars. We, we touched on a little bit with, uh, with Femren and how the best villains are kind of relatable uh, especially when it when it came to Kylo Ren and how she kind of really gravitated towards that character, um, but there's just something about some badass villains in Star Wars. So I just kind of want to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite Star Wars villains? This can be like relatability or just like there's a badass dude in black swinging a red lightsaber. Let's go, you know. So, <laughs> so Infinite, I'm going to start with you. Uh, seeing Darth Maul for the first time in a video game. What were your thoughts? Obviously, you kind of got a little hooked and interested there. Yeah. What do you think when you first saw him in a in a film like live action? Yeah. Well, when I saw him in uh, Phantom Menace, what was the first time I saw him in, in the film? Um, I just loved his lightsaber, like his dueling style, and he was he was fighting both Obi Wan and Qui Gon at the same time. So you have one of the greatest Jedi masters, um, and then you also have just someone who will become the one of the greatest Jedi masters. Right. And he was, he was dueling them both using his crazy acrobatics and um, especially coming from, cause right before that I, I watched the original trilogies. Right. And so uh, the dueling in that it was, it was a lot more basic, you know, two hands on the lightsaber hill. It was still fun to watch. Right. But seeing that in, in the Phantom Menace, the, the acrobatics and, and stuff like that, um, but I think it was Ray Park who played him, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that was just really cool. Um, and so that – and then obviously in Battlefront 2, he, he does that little spin move that's, like, really hard to control. I, like, my eyes get, like, all blurry when I do that. I still I still love I still love using him. Um, but, like, I, I just got so, like, caught up into 
just how he fought and also like his robes um his apprentice robes and um also how he looked and then the clone wars by the end by the end of season seven and the hallway scene oh, yep. yeah it, it's just like so I, I yeah i i love maul um i mean he is the reason why i got into star wars so um he holds a special place in my heart for sure definitely definitely charlie as as the the classic star wars fan what's you what, know what are some of your favorite villains I'm going to go in a different direction with this, and sure. maybe this has to do with the character uh, that I've kind of adopted the cosplay. But, you know, stepping away from your classical with the Emperor, Darth Vader, I, I like as a, you know, f- uh, a fully corruptible, unpowered human being, I like Director Krennic from Rogue One. Uh, here's a guy who, you know, you can tell in the, if you've done any of the background reading. Uh, there, was a, there was a Rogue One novel that I read, and then obviously you see him in the film. Uh, this guy was a was a republic officer who clearly had a lust for power, um, you know. But within the, the within the, the crumbling infrastructure of the republic, he was able to rise higher and higher and assume, you know, get more of his fingers in dirty little pies, as it were, and to assume control of more projects and assume control of uh, different things develop a little bit of a power base and then when the republic came to an end he was then very easily transitioned that into the imperial security bureau which was clearly his passion uh and then to further uh moving forward into creating this ultimate planet destroying weapon which would ensure the safety and stability of the new empire which is yeah it just i mean just an ultimate weapon of terror that he justifies as like you know when he goes to to take uh, Jin Erso's, uh, Galen Erso, uh, you know, when she, he finally tracks him down or for these many years. And yeah, we need you to come back. We got to finish the project. And he's like, I don't want to do that. It's a weapon of mass destruction. And he says, you don't want peace. You want terror. And he says, well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, so here's a guy who's just, oh, absolutely corruptible. He loves power for power's sake. Uh, will do anything, step over anyone, shoot a child, shoot a sh- shoot an unarmed, you know, while shoot. <laughs> Shoot a barely armed woman. Okay, she shot him too. So okay, so he had a yeah. He was in a bad situation with with Lyra or so, and I and I get that. But uh, it's just basically a real bad bloke. He was a bad guy, uh, and ultimately you did see him, much like all the other characters in Rogue One, kind of be dealt their final blow. But you know, for me, he was something that exemplifies pulling the supernatural aspect out of it with the Sith and you know Rogue Jedi and whatever. But Pulling that element out, you get a villain that is a little too close to the surface with what potentially we might see in a military dictator in present times or a corrupt mm. leader of the United States, for example, in pleasant time, in present times or times <laughs> that have gone by, thank God. Um, but just, just a very disturbing parallel to how absolute power corrupts absolutely for its own sake. So I always found him to be uh, a great villain in that way. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, ha- I do. Ha- I didn't think I'd go in this direction, but I have to give a shout out in a similar vein to, uh, to Thrawn such a, I, I love that kind of two steps ahead, uh, thoughtful villain kind of thing where it's, it's like, like you said, Charlie, it's not, he's not a super powered individual. He he's, um, the, the same reason that I loved Zemo as as an adversary in civil war uh if you're not an mcu fan that's 
basically just a regular dude that can take down these super powered individuals by either being 10 steps ahead of them or by pitting them against each other or by seeing the bigger picture, not because he's omnipotent or has some sort of tie into a power, right, but right. just because he's that much of a tactical genius. So that's, that's why I love, and just, just how cutthroat Thrawn is. I just, uh, yeah. I think his, I'm excited for his return. Let's, right. Let's say See, that. And that's a great parallel with Zemo because you look at the character and again, I'm, I'm a Marvel comics aficionado going back decades and Zemo is a character and I've read I've read the majority of the Avengers comics and, and a lot of Captain America older Captain America comics so I'm very familiar and again back in that parlance of the 60s and the 70s he's very cookie cutter with the ah oh, curses you're gonna burr, <laughs> yeah. burr, 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 burr. but when you see him as portrayed in the film you're right he's a tactician mm -hmm. and he plays upon emotions and again he's always thinking of the contingencies and finding ways to turn turn allies into enemies and you know an empire that crumbles uh, an empire defeated can rise again but an empire that crumbles from within that's truly dead that mm -hmm. was to paraphrase his line from civil war um so yeah you're right thrawn is not only that tactician but as you see in in hand-to-hand -hand combat he's a warrior as well uh mm -hmm. and as you read some of his backstory as portrayed in the comics which are canon uh within the marvel parlance he you know he came up raw he was a i believe he was some kind of an alien slave who earned his commission in the imperial navy and fought his way all the way up to what he became so yeah very very deadly but again not a supernatural being although he was of course he was an alien as opposed to krennic who is just a regular coruscant you know dickwad um but again you know i find that to i find that in a lot of ways to be more compelling than a villain who twists his mustache or mm -hmm. flashes his red lightsaber mm -hmm. um because they're just as sinister but they don't exude power with the fist they exude power with the mm -hmm. mind and with their actions yeah. that being said give me some badass in a cool costume that's swinging around a red lightsaber like any day like i absolutely growing up absolutely loved darth vader as just this menacing like take batman but make him bad and give him a laser sword like mm -hmm. that kind of like that the cape the the black outfit like just such a badass character and i loved what they did with kylo ren where he had that kind of cool mask and the cool like the hood and the cloak and everything else love the character design same thing with maul even though he wasn't wearing a mask but the spikes and stuff like star wars just nails the character design of these villains and it's like you see the jedi and it's like okay cool you're a space wizard priest with a like blue light sword and it's like right. ah, man right I, I like the Jedi better than the Sith because I tend to like people who like good stuff good and do yeah. good. But right. but like character design wise, you just cannot beat the villains in Star Wars. Like, come on, whether it's a bounty yeah. hunter, like how iconic does the character design have to be when you see Boba Fett for like four seconds and it instantly does like 40 years of fandom and eventually we finally get uh you know a show kind of built around this kind of thing but like that armor was just so badass and you see it for like yeah. it's it's literally like 10 seconds on screen and it, like it, yeah. it's just it's so good so good makes the mark and uh, Got it. i want i wanted to give a quick shout out to count dooku too because he's he's yeah. also become one of my favorite characters and uh, after reading the book um 
Dooku Jedi lost, I've just mm-hmm. gained such an appreciation for him. Um, and I feel like he's so underrated because he really is one of the most powerful and most badass characters in all of Star Wars. I mean, he, he was able to take on uh, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. Um, of course, uh, in Revenge of the Sith, he ended up dying. But um, before that, he was able to take them on. And, um, uh, and the Yoda. Book. And Yoda, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, I, he took off, but still, like, he was able yeah. to hold his own against Yoda enough yeah. that he was able to get away. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, badass. And, and in the Clone Wars, if you remember, he was fighting in, in his pajamas. I remember seeing that. And I was like, oh, that's why in Battlefront 2 he has the pajama skin, right? And I was just like, oh, my God, this guy is just <laughs> just amazing. Like, that, that was so cool. Like, he, he's amazing, too. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've, uh, they've definitely nailed some of like the like i said the the iconic villain kind of thing uh so to you guys i think maybe we'll we'll start wrapping up what what makes an iconic villain iconic is it like the the design or is it the relatability what's the one kind of thing that you guys look for in an iconic villain you know i would for sure i'm sorry go ahead please no no go ahead okay um that's a really good question um I, you know, as much as I love Darth Maul, um, I really appreciate, like, relatability. So characters like um, Count Dooku, I mean, and and also Vader, uh, those two really had struggles, obviously, with their light side and the dark side. And they were once very, they were once very good and very great people. who wanted to fight for good and they had good ideals um but obviously uh, they became corrupted um i'm not saying i look up to them because i no i don't i don't i'm trying not to become corrupted so i want to be like obi-wan you know um but the fact that they have so much struggle with their dark sides i i just really appreciate that because it adds a lot of depth to the characters because with someone like maul yes he has a very cool design um, yes, he has a very cool uh, fighting style, um, but I, I do think he lacks a little bit of depth as compared to those other characters that I mentioned. Um, he's just filled with hate and rage, and, and that's really cool, but um, it, there, there's something really appealing to, to just relatability um, with some of these dark side villains, and, and just villains in general, kind of like the Joker mm-hmm. in, in DC mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and things like that, so yeah. Excellent. Charlie. True. You know, in, in a lot of ways, some similarities, you know, we, we talk about Thrawn, we talk about director Krennic um, and those who, you know, in, in the case of Thrawn, it was, you know, he came from nothing. He got a taste of power. He loves pulling the strings. He's a lot like Zemo. I like that uh, because he's very tactical. Um, but in a lot of ways, you know, I, I admire what a, in some ways, what a sloppy villain Krennic is because look how easily a band of you know dipshits was able to break into his crazy military installation and steal this big ridiculous disc and in the end of it he still gets greased so you know he's his his ego his hubris is sky high and that's what ultimately defeats most evil you know so that's when you really see things kind of come full circle so uh, I admire the lust for power but I also admire uh, the human aspect of always underestimating your nemesis 
So I like that. That that's the design I like. The that's the re- relatability part because that's how we see, see villainy in real life. Yeah. Just reminds me of the uh, the Incredibles. You almost caught me monologuing. Uh, if <laughs> any other Disney fans or Pixar fans listening, uh, that's it, and it was such a trope that like it's it's either monologuing or hubris or whatever that they they just don't see the hero coming to save the day because they're so caught up in their own uh, their own thing. Um, for me, I, I completely agree with the relatability kind of aspect. And I think that makes for a much more interesting villain. Um, but I, I can also just appreciate like a one-dimensional villain at times that as long as, again, and I'll go back to the, the character design, as long as that person or thing is so imposing that as soon as you see it on screen, you go, oh, shit. <laughs> Things are about to get bad. And to me, there's there's nobody better at that than Darth Vader. You see his lightsaber light up in a hallway and you know some people are about to get yeeted to the afterlife. Like, it is just bad news and and watching in the prequels watching anakin turn to that bad side even without the imposing armor i thought uh hayden christensen did a great job of of channeling that anger and you you realize that even without the armor darth vader's still that imposing badass and uh for me you just like it's it's the presence and it doesn't matter if I can relate or whatever, but it's it's that villain presence and that yeah. badass presence, and and that to me is something that, um, again, whether it's just the cool calm presence of a bounty hunter or the imposing doom presence of uh, of Darth Vader or um, just the what what the hell is happening kind of presence of Darth Maul of, you know, if the first time you see that and he lights up the one lightsaber, you're like, cool, cool. Yeah. 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 Red lightsaber. Cool. 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 And then the other side lights up and John Williams. (laughs) That's it. Rails. Right. And it's it like, yeah, like the whole world just lights on fire and you're just like, what's happening right now? So I, I just, I love that, that presence uh, factor of it. So, uh, this, this is a fun topic, man. We might have to revisit this. Jelly. I know. And, I hear you. Uh, and yeah. Infinite, if you would like to come back and revisit this or any other topic, you I are more it. than welcome. This has yeah. been a blast. You got that right. Yeah. Good times. You yeah. Uh, let's, let's wrap up again. Just remind people where they can find you. And, yeah. uh, and once again, just thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and yeah. joining us. Yeah. No. I, well, I want to thank you guys again for, for putting, putting me on here. It means a lot, especially, like I said, as a new channel. Um, but yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter um, at SW Infinite uh, with two E's and then at Star Wars Infinite for Spotify podcasts and YouTube. Uh, I try to post a couple times each week um, on my YouTube and uh, Spotify. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, give awesome. them a follow. The yeah. uh, The links will be in the show notes if, if you didn't uh, get that. So so make sure you follow and uh, and, and we'll, be, we'll be posting stuff through our Twitter as well. And Charlie... Do you want to do you want to tell people about where they can find us? I will. And, and then hopefully, you know, you, you'll be hearing an automated voice giving this information <laughs> next time but for right now. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say, as always, friends, thank you for joining us. We are a part of the Secret Friends Unite 
podcasting network you are listening to of course the Holly crime chronicles bi-weekly talking about star wars uh the co-op mode is on the absent week talking about video games code 47 comes out every monday talking about star trek that is myself and my partners rich and aaron and every friday since 2014 the original recipe secret friends unite podcast hot oxford and myself your original guide to the geek side. All of our podcasts can be found over on our brand spanking new website, secretfriendsunite.com, home to all those, home to a lot of great original content as well. We're all of our podcasts are of course available on the podcasting hosting service of your choice, whether that be uh, the uh, Apple Podcasts, whether that be uh, Stitcher, whether that be Audible, whether that be the Google Play Store, et cetera. Spotify. Jump on there. Yes, yeah, Spotify, thank you. Jump on there, uh, give us a rating, give us commentary, and we will talk about that on the show. You can find us over on Twitter, at Secret Friends You. Drop us a line, something you're enjoying on any topic, and we will talk about that on the show where it fits the bill. Uh, of course, we have a great store over on Tee Public. Uh, by the time you listen to this, there actually will be a great sale going on. You can get yourself a wonderful t-shirt just like this. You can get the same logo plus all of our other swag uh, on t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, tank tops, magnets, stickers. It's all there. All those proceeds do actually go back uh, to supporting uh, the program and our efforts to bring you great stuff. So uh, one last time, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you. Rex, play us out.